Fuck it, let's do it. Meat, 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 it's the mystery meat. Meat, 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 it's the mystery meat podcast. We're never doing that again. I'm never doing that again. Um, This is Robbie, and these are my co-hosts, uh, Ruben, and uh, I, I don't know this guy's name. I think it's Karen, you know, close enough to... Oh, Kareem. No, no, it's Karen. <laughs> Get it right. Oh, oh, wow, okay. Contact her man. Oh, my, no. name is rubber, my name is Rubber Meat. So. <laughs> Trying to trying to keep it all in the you know the podcast family, so I'm naming myself Rubber Meat. <laughs> that, oh wow, that sounds horrible. You know you should be Meat Rubber. Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, if you're under eighteen, you're not allowed to laugh at that joke. So um, <laughs> today we're uh, reviewing three albums, like you know we've done for the past fucking months since Christmas. We're gonna for have months. yeah yeah for months Meat Rubber. Yeah. Anyways, wait a minute, we didn't always do three albums. No. No, that's right. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> October and December, we did four. Holy shit, we've been doing these so often. I forgot that we never did them before. Yeah, it feels weird. Today, we're going to be reviewing Bodine, Rita Jean, by Rita Jean Bodine. Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys. And Gothic Luxury by Michi Darko. Any questions before we start? Uh, yeah, Michi Darko has a really kick-ass name. I'm sorry. That's not a question. That's not a question. <laughs> That's a stupid oh, bitch. I got a better oh, question. Well, uh, hold on. Let me rephrase that. Michi Darko has a bitch-ass name? No, I'm just <laughs> I have formed it as a question. Uh, my, yeah, yeah, what is it? My, my question mean? is, can you get me that licking stick? I'm so happy you referenced the album. You know, I was going to rip your throat out, and we were going to have a problem because we needed a new editor. But, you know, you get to live again, Kareem. Good job. Woo-hoo. Now release this album on time. Anyways, um, so you, you guys ready for me just to get into this first album? Daddy, would you like some so Boudin Rita Jean was released by, uh, I've already said her name repeatedly, Rita Jean Boudin. It's her second final album released in 1974. First, I'd like to go over the album art. I think it's actually pretty mysterious in a way, just like she is, because we don't really know a lot about her. At least not nowadays. It's a really pretty painting of her. And in general, I think the album comes together really well. As far as background of her, so uh, we know she was born in Los Angeles on September 1st, 1949, as Rita Suzanne Hertzberg. And she's been doing music since the age of four. She was also in a girl group called The Babies. But after several unsuccessful singles, uh, she ended up being a secretary before she returned to music under the name Rita Jean Bodine. So this is her second album, Bodine Rita Jean. Her first album was Sitting on Top of My World. And she has some other EPs and singles around here, all of which were released 74 to 76. This album specifically, it starts with Dynamite, which kind of lives up to its name, I think, and is a very good starter for the album. I will also add that our versions of the album, some of the tracks had some audio issues, but I don't think that detracted from the album. Honestly, there are the tracks on here I like, Looking Stick, and I enjoyed her version of Dancing in the Streets. She has a very interesting singing voice because she can sound very like husky at times and deep, but then she can also sing in a very light way. Finally, the album ends with I've Been So Long, which is a really sad track. 
basically about isolation and more or less from what I got from it was kind of wanting to go home. And I think it sort of fits as that one last track she officially released, from what I can tell. That said, as her today where she is, we don't really know. Her stuff didn't do well enough to propel her into, you know, a singing career, sadly. There are suggestions that she may now be a rabbi somewhere in L.A., but we don't know. And quite frankly, I don't really think we necessarily should know. I think I kind of like the mystery around this album, if that makes sense, because it feels like there is. But at the same time, it's not like Big Bear because we kind of have a, you know, beginning, middle and end here. We have enough to where I don't think it's bad to just kind of stop asking questions and let things be, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, another thing I want to add before I let y'all talk, because, you know, I love the sound of my own voice. There is also an artist, there's a, I'm going to call him a journalist, named Robert Cochrane, who actually also links to her being, like, the quote-unquote aunt, like, influence-wise of Cindy Lauper and the Scissor Sisters, which I think is also interesting. And it's because of her hybrid of blues, a soul, and orchestral disco. But yeah, I loved this album. I thought it was really nice to listen to, and I wish it was easier to get a hold of because you're not going to find it easily outside of like YouTube or somewhere like Soulseek. So uh, yeah, what did you guys think? I dug it. I mean, I I really like the sound of her voice because she she is kind of like an adaptable singer, and there's a lot of songs that I was listening to on there that I already knew that I didn't know that she was singing. Like, uh, everybody around. That's a fucking great song. Honestly, that version, and I don't know if she was the one that first did that, you know? Yeah. I really enjoyed her voice. I really enjoyed all of it. I thought she was she was just getting in the in the mood and the music and all that and how it was just composed. Like, seriously, like, I feel like kind of crap right now, but, like, I was dancing. I was dancing in the streets, bro. I was dancing in, in my room right now. Uh, but, yeah, dude, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it, and it's a shame that her career didn't take off like it should have to me. And we get those so many times reviewing these artists that we know that they are have great potential, but like they just never get lifted off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it is honestly really depressing, and I would have loved to hear more of her work and what she came up with outside of this. We do have another album of hers, yes, but I just want more. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I would, I would definitely want more, and I, I don't see any reason why she... Oh, man, I just... I feel like it's not her fault. You know, I mean, it's just not her fault. You know, no, it, it, I don't think it is. I think it was maybe wrong place, wrong time, and a lack of maybe, I don't know. Because I don't know how the industry worked in the 70s compared to, you know, when we had commercials and shit and all this music playing at fucking everywhere. Like in the 90s. Yeah, no. Yeah, I. that's my only thing is it, it sucks. But as far as the album went, it, it was a definite bop it just fucking it really kind of surprised me i was i was really into it so much she kind of has like almost like a raspy voice too and i i love those kind of raspy voices you know yeah no i liked it like i really enjoyed this oh yeah no it was it was a great it was it was a surprisingly great album because like and then also rita uh, rita jean bodine that's just fucking fun to say (laughs) (laughs) yeah so, but that's my two cents on the album. Also, if I may add one more thing before you go, Kareem. She was, did provide a vocal set for another album in 74 by Rita Coolidge. She was on the track along with eight other singers on Desperado's Waiting for the Train. And my source on that is Wikipedia. Um, I don't really know anything about Rita Coolidge. I've never heard her. But I thought that was also interesting to note that she did kind of have a bit more than just what she released. 
Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel with this. Because, yeah, again, I, I think she was really talented. I really love her voice. I, I think we all love her version of Dancing in the Street. I think it's as good as the original. And sometimes, I, in some ways, I actually kind of enjoy it more. I, I liked Lick and Stick. I liked Changing My Evil Ways. There's really nothing on here I really had, like, an issue with. I think My only criticism of this album is I wish it was longer just because I want more. Um, I didn't really have that much to add after this. Uh, if you guys want, I could just start my rating now your life's on the line all right um I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a 10 out of 10 uh pretty fucking it was pretty fucking easy to do i, I really liked this i will also give it a 10 out of 10 i am gonna give it a 10 out of 10 bam bam oh wow that's a 10 out of 10 at mystery meat sticks overall oh dang yeah mm, mm, I love and it. now we're gonna go into an album that probably won't get above a five haha <laughs> Yeah, and also, you know, uh, we want to also talk about them very highly next time. Who, me? That's right. The one who looks so delicious. Wow. He wants my bacon! Okay, so this is uh, Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys. And uh, the Beastie Boys were an American hip-hop group from uh, New York City, and they were formed in 1978. The members are Mike D, a.k.a. Michael Diamond, MCA, a.k.a. Adam Yach, Ad-Rock, a.k.a. Adam Horvitz. And um, it's actually kind of interesting that, like, before they were the Beastie Boys, they were part of an experimental hardcore punk band called the Young Aborigines. But one of their members left in 1981, and then MCA, Adam Yach, replaced him on bass. And that was when they actually changed their name to the Beastie Boys. And then uh, later at some point, uh, Ad-Rock joined. I, I'm gonna tell you right out of the gate. I'm not I'm not happy with this review. So I'm I'm going to keep some of the other stuff about the BC Boys for another one because I, I do genuinely want to review their shit again. So yeah, let's just get into Hello Nasty. This is their fifth studio album. It was released in 1998 and it sold 681,000 copies in its first week. It was number one on the Billboard 200 and won Best Alternative Music Album and Best Rap Performance by a duo or group, uh, and that was for Intergalactic, uh, specifically, uh, at the 41st Annual Grammy Awards. And Ad-Rock even said that he felt like this was the group's best album. So, um, <laughs> let's, uh, what, what, what do we think? Really, really, when Ad-Rock has a high opinion of himself, I thought it sucked. Yeah. So, their debut album, Licensed to Ill, is their best album, and then after that, I don't really care about the Beastie Boys. This was dog shit. I mean, it's not dog shit, it's just boring. Yeah, it really is. I, I'm not gonna lie, the only reason I even did, I, cause I, I liked Intergalactic and Body Moving, but even those are, like, okay. And those, that was even the reason why I suggested this album specifically. But, like, it, the rest of the tracks, it's just, it's not really anything. It's just kind of forgettable. And this is also, I, I should have said this from the beginning, this is, like, the deluxe remastered version. So there's some extra remixes and then a couple original tracks on there. But it, my opinion really doesn't change uh, looking at that. I, I kind of was just, I kind of wanted to get it over with, to be honest. I, I just wasn't feeling it. Honestly, my problem is that it's gonna sound dumb. They released an album in 1998 that sounds the exact same as the shit they were doing in the 80s. That's the part of my problem is it doesn't sound new. It doesn't sound like they were trying to do anything new. They were just stuck in the fucking late 80s. That's kind of my main problem is they didn't realize that they had been left behind. It's like if MC Hammer came out in 2002 and was like, hey guys, it's Hammer Time 2, which you know, he probably fucking did, but no one would care, right? At all. He's a relic. 
And I know we have a positively reviewed Vanilla Ice in the past without Ruben, but Vanilla Ice actually managed to, you know, follow how rap was going. He added something. It wasn't just Ice Ice Baby 43 in fucking 1995 or whatever. He right. actually evolved. The Beastie Boys are showing that not only can they not evolve, but they can manage to get more, bo they can get boring. Like, why should I care after their debut album, honestly, if this is what they make? Yeah, I, it's just, it was, it was completely unforgettable. Like, when I heard, I'm trying to remember, like, the song on the album, right? And really, honestly, like, yeah, I do, but, like, it, it, it just wasn't worth it for me. It's just not worth it for me to remember this. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't think it was great at all. I, it, it was just blah. I, I think it was not a good showcase of their talent because the Beastie Boys have great fucking talent. I mean, they influenced a lot of people. You know what I mean? But it was just, this was not it. This album was not it. And I don't know how anybody else thought about it, it back in the day, but now today, it's not it for me. You know what I mean? I, I was just like, I noped out of it like pretty quickly but honestly it's kind of weird because like I, I didn't really I, I mean i've heard of the beastie i've heard beastie boys stuff but like i actually didn't know that license to ill came before this that's actually kind of crazy considering i do like a lot of shit on that one so it's like it, it feels because this feels like i would have been like if you told me this was their debut album i would have believed it. that's what it felt like to me in terms of like this was like kind of just eh, you know what i mean I'm surprised that it was this... Well, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised because I kind of knew they were already big. But, like, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's kind of weird because this album is so fucking mid. And, it, like, it blew up the way it did. I'm just kind of like, what? Wait, it blew up? Yeah, that's why... Uh, yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah it was That's why big. I was just like, what do you mean? It, it was it was popular. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe in Europe. Maybe in Europe. Because um, what I'm maybe looking at... Europe. Wait a minute. So, no, what I'm seeing on Wikipedia... Is that yeah? It's mostly Europe, but the Rolling Stone gave them best of five albums of the year. The essential recordings of the '90s for '98 ranked them at two for best five albums of the year for 1998, and then the Village of Voice gave them out ninth place in an albums of the year poll for '98. That's a fucking insult to music in 1998, dude. It, I I don't I don't get how people, and we we have had this at certain points where like we'll completely disagree with whatever the majority of the population thought of it back in the time. It completely boggles my mind that people... I'm curious who the fuck is reviewing these things. Maybe, oh, maybe, it was just shown, maybe it was just shown to a bunch of like this. Beastie Boys fans in the room, and they were like, yeah, this is the best album ever. <laughs> and then one of them was the fucking... Or some really big head, right? He's like, oh, I fucking love the like, Hold the on. All right. So apparently, it sold... In its first week, 11,000 more copies than DMX's debut album. It did better than a Snoop Dogg album. It did better than Lauryn Hill, Method Man, Mystical, Master P, Jay-Z, Silk the Shocker, and another DMX album, which is It's Dark and Hell is Hot. What the fuck? What the hell is going on? I have no And you had, you had so many rap albums come out this year that were good. You had a Busta Rhymes album. You had Tupac's Greatest Hits. Because, yeah, he died a couple years ago. You had L.A., the Dark Man's debut album, which I don't know. That's actually a good album. I have it set to review at some point, or you guys do. I don't know. Um, You had a Cypress Hill album. You had Corrupt. You had Outcast. You had Dude, fucking Outcast. What the you know? fuck? Are you serious? You had, yeah. I mean, you had it. One was good. But, you know, you had all these other rappers out here. You had Onyx. You had Onyx. You get my point why I'm I'm not sure how. Big pun, capital punishment. That's not better? What the fuck? 
You people are on crack, I swear to God. Um, this is a fucking 4 out of 10 album. I'm angry now. Fuck it. It's not a 5, it's a 4, Kareem. That's it. Yeah, it's a fucking, no, it's a 4. It's a fucking, it's a solid fucking 4. Yeah, that might be some really cool kind of like little beats on there. But guess what, Ad Rock? This sucked. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe people are telling me it's better than Big Pun. You, I swear to you fucking God. are fucking kidding me, dude. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. That's fine by me. I'll give it a fucking four. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like we got gaslit or some shit. I feel gaslit right now. The Beastie Boys were big in 98? <laughs> no, no, I don't believe that. No, not at all. I, I'm about to lower the rating to a three. So overall, right now, it's sounding like it's a four out of ten mystery meat sticks. Um... Kareem do better, okay? That's better than Weezer. But, you know, that's because Rivers Cuomo sucks more than the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I, I genuinely got fucking ripped off. <laughs> I mean, License to Ill is really fucking good. If that album came through, I would rate it a fucking, like, 10 out of 10 because I love that album. But this was not good. This was not one of their best. It's it's kind of just dog shit. I, I, I feel bad because we because we were listening to like the Beastie Boys stuff and we were like, yeah, we like the Beastie Boys. We should review them. <laughs> I, I want my time and I, I didn't spend any money, but I want my time back. <laughs> That's how I feel. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it back. That's the sad part about this is you're not going to get that time back. You just wasted. How long is the album? Uh, well, I didn't actually sit through it, but it was like almost two hours if you actually listened to all the extra. Fucking, is it, it was like two hours? Yeah, yeah. so disc you probably A is an probably an hour. Disc B is a bunch of remixes and bullshit that adds another hour onto it. Right. Uh, it is not worth it. Because the versions of like some of the tracks under are kind of shit too. It's like Body Moving is actually kind of worse on those remixes. Listen, uh, yeah, Beastie Boys, this sucked. But you know what didn't suck? My album, which I'm going to get into right now. So my album is Gothic Luxury by Michi Darko. And there isn't like a super big ton about Michi Darko actually on the internet right now. But when uh, we listened to it, like it, it was pretty good. So Michi Darko, his name is Dimitri Sims, but the stage name is Michi Darko. He's an American rapper and songwriter from Brooklyn, New York. And he is best known as a member of the hip hop trio Flatbush Zombies, which at some point I think we should give a try because they also have a few albums out and they began their rapid career in 2010. This album that we're listening to, Gothic Luxury, it was released in 2022. So just real quick, Michi Darko was born in Flatbush, New York. So that's why they're called Flatbush Zombies, because they're all from there to a Jamaican family. So he's he's Jamaican. All the people in Flatbush Zombies, they bonded while using LSD and Psylocpin mushrooms. Oh, so they basically LSD and shrooms. They bonded by tripping the fuck out together and he felt like Meech felt or Meechy Darko felt like he had an ego death so give that what you may right and there's really not much onto his history but to go to gothic luxury right off the bat it's a bop it's 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 fucking fire i wouldn't say like it's the best rap album i've ever heard of but like when we listened to it me and robbie it was actually kind of by accident because robbie was like one day hey pick from this list of rappers and we're just gonna listen to them i i was being a boomer about 2020s rap and then i learned that it's actually not as bad as i expected yeah and 
Dude, it was great, actually. When we listened to it, me and Robbie were like, dude, this is fucking awesome. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? This and uh, no, I I really enjoyed it. He has a really great flow. It just, it takes you by surprise because you don't, most times when you just pick an artist for random, like it just doesn't always fucking go through like it, it did with this one. I think it really hit on a lot of notes. I think it really, for me, kind of, um, it just, I wouldn't say it put me in a groove, but it, it definitely his beats and the way he raps definitely kind of makes it i don't know what's the word it just it makes it easy to listen to yeah he flows really nicely it's a smooth the flow i would say i like how dark the album kind of is and i really like the fucking album art actually that album art is really fucking cool oh yeah it's fucking awesome dude this whole album is just awesome and the tones and i think it has a lot of good dark tones in it and that's what i love about it but it doesn't sound like a horrorcore album that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like, I thought it would have been a horrorcore album with the way that the album looked, the album name, Michi Darko. You know, I was like, oh, he's just taken from Donnie Darko, you know, the movie, which is pretty grim dark. But no, it's great. Honestly, um, what this album reminded me of, and this is a good thing, it reminded me kind of of a darker version of a Kendrick Lamar album, honestly. Because he's going into a lot of this, like, conscious rap territory. He's talking a lot about his life. And, you know, yeah, it's dark, it's hard. But I still really enjoyed it. I'd also kind of compare him favorably to an artist like Big L or maybe earlier Eminem when he would be more serious, like on the Marshall Mathers LP. Because he does get into a lot of conscious rap territory. And honestly, even like Denzel Curry, I think, who's a guest on this album, or Freddie Gibbs too, who's also a guest on here. I think he also reminds me of their stuff as well. I was just kind of blown away by the album. Uh, uh, for final thoughts, yeah, uh, I, I would really love to hear more from him. But I know that this is a newer album from him so who knows when we're gonna hear another album you know now i do want to add one more thing and um it's about me being a boomer about 2020s rap so we listened to this album and we were we were like why the fuck wasn't this bigger and i look it up right it's because jid released the forever story that day which you know i i would bitch and moan but that's also a really good album i personally prefer michi darko's got the luxury over it but all in all you know going back to our conversation on the last episode about hip-hop and about music and where it's going i still really think that you know it getting overshadowed by an album that's almost as good is really not a bad thing whatsoever like you can tell these artists are putting their all into it they're actually trying to create something that you know can stand the test of time and i just like that with regards specifically to michi darko yes i would like to hear more from him i do want to listen to Blackbush zombies now i really have no issues here again um i really like lost souls i'd say that's probably my favorite on this if i had to choose one I, I i did like his flow i liked his production i liked all the features if he does drop another album or an ep or, or just even anything i'm probably gonna check it out because <laughs> I, I want i definitely want to hear more of this guy we want to jump into ratings uh, yeah, yeah i do uh, yes uh, yes all right i'll start I'll, I'll give it a nine i'll also give it a nine i am gonna also give it a nine i was gonna give it an eight but now that i've been talking about it i'm just like nah that's not even fair i'm gonna give him a nine <laughs> Wow, it's Cream's lucky day. There's no decimal for this episode. So <laughs> nine, nine out of ten Thank overall God. mystery meat sticks. Look at that. Also, can I just say, because I, I listened to this one last uh, after fucking Hello Nasty, so thank fucking God for that. You know, that was a palate cleanser <laughs> after that one. So come on, boys and gals. Let's have a barbecue. So I know that we have been talking about 
expanding more and doing things and we are definitely just to let you guys know we are definitely still in the works it's still really uh kind of like a lot of things that we're doing and we just want to make a good show for you guys and make it entertaining and uh so if you're out there we would really like your feedback maybe some ideas seriously we really enjoy the help or just just to hear from you guys yeah and uh as always thank you cooper we're not at the end oh wait no we're not at the end yet i, I can't yeah, i know i know i know yeah. we're not then. <laughs> Yeah, we got to talk about next album. Just a All right, little uh, tidbit. I'm, I'm going to suggest my album first because I think it's extremely important, and it may or may not probably doesn't have cult ties. Alien rap songs about life on the planet Clump by Alien Kids. It is going to hurt Ruben's ears. I am going to fucking despise this whole episode. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally cannot wait to go to Planet Glump. Yeah, you're going to suffer. My, my album is We Love Furby by the Furby fans, which I my, my soul is dying even reading that and looking at the fucking Furby. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I fucking uh, hate everything about you right now. <laughs> like, seriously, I, I even know Furby, not only does Furby fucking creep me out, <laughs> No, but you also. How do you mean he's cute? Fuck you. No, he's not cute. He's creepy. But for mine, I put in the Barney Boogie just to counteract all you guys. So guess what? Barney is a dinosaur. Yeah, we're gonna listen to that shit. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's you. okay because you know if Kareem ever tries to put in the Care Bears again, Ruben, that's when we make him listen to gory death of music. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. Remember to like, comment, um, and subscribe and hit, hit that stupid bell because YouTube has to make it harder to notify people. Yeah, or else the Furbies will get you. Back in my day, we didn't have the bell on. We just hit subscribe. Yeah, uh, <coughs> YouTube. <coughs> uh, why don't you work with us for once? Huh? Oh.